This is our number two. It's time for the fastest 15 minutes of the news. This is Dory's Fastest 15. Oh, you give us 15 minutes, we'll give you the world. Sometimes they sound better before the echo applies. That one was troubling. <laughs> Possibly just in your head. <laughs> Well, I recorded that one, and Nicole looked at me. We don't do those live, by the way. Did I just break a trade secret? Uh, maybe. You think that you guys do? They they think you do it live, and then the echoes applied live on the air. I'm well, we sorry, never Dory. really talked about it before. Oh my gosh, I'm ruining everything. I think they know. You record it, and then we add the echo. Dory Monson's listeners are quite smart compared yeah. to the listeners of other True. news talk shows. Said. I mean, none of the ones on this station. Everybody who listens to any show on this station is incredibly intelligent. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up later in the show, Nicole was sort of on whether we were going to do this, but we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. But specifically, we're looking for New Year's resolutions that you actually stuck to, right? Yes, that you succeeded. I think, you know, it's one of those topics where you're like, well, that's lame. Everybody does that. So I decided to make it more, you know, tell something that was successful, that might help somebody else achieve their New Year's resolution. Yeah, so that or, you know, what really made you stick to it. So maybe it's something from the year 2022 that you really did accomplish throughout 2022. So we'll talk about it later on in the show. 888 kiro Nicole shall collect those responses, sort through to find the best ones, and then we will read them on the air. All right, in the fastest 15 minutes in the news, I love this story. So this, um, obviously, it's been quite a a week in uh, air travel, as you continue to hear, Southwest in particular, just having a heck of a time getting flights uh, where they need to be. So uh, Rainier Beach High School, uh, the Rainier Beach High School boys basketball team uh, was part of this Southwest Airlines debacle. So uh, the team, with some of its parents, went to Las Vegas on December 19th for a tournament, which is so cool, by the way. When I was in high school and played basketball, we didn't go to Las Vegas for a tournament. Right. I know. That sounds fun. It's probably, I don't know if it was AAU or something along those lines, but yeah, really cool. What an experience. I mean, I guess they're a bigger school than my school with 86 people. (laughs) So um, so they uh, get there. And obviously, this is around the time um, that the whole flight debacle begins where everything's being canceled, essentially. Uh, And so they find out um, head coach uh, Michael Bethea says they find out that uh, before in the morning on Friday, everything had been canceled. Like there is absolutely nothing available. And they obviously tried everything they could to try to get um off the ground uh let's see so this is coach mike bethea he spoke to cairo seven news about four in the morning on friday they sent us a you know they sent a text out saying that everything had been canceled they weren't even attempting to help period so we tried to make the best of it you know we made sure that they had uh Hotel, food, transportation. Well, first, I hope you made sure that they had a hotel and food, right? I think what he meant was he made sure, as in the airline, nobody helped. He had to foot the bill for all of that. Yeah, and we'll talk about the lack of help from the airline momentarily. Uh, And the majority of this came out of my wife and I's pocket. Yeah, which is awesome. And uh, they also said, of course, you know, boys basketball team, they also spent a lot of time playing video games to pass the time. And we were either in the food court, you know, joking around or up in the room playing 2K, Madden, FIFA, stuff like that on the Xbox. Yeah, and he said they bring that on vacation or somebody, they all chipped in and bought a new one, I wonder. 
I mean, you yeah, don't bring an Xbox on vacation. That's a really good question. Mm. Unless you do. Kids these days are very serious about the Xbox. That's true. And they're, they're smaller than they once were back That's when true. we were kids. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I, I should Google. I think it's like much slimmer. So you could pack that in a carry-on or anything. So uh, he end up, ended up spending like $10,000 out of his own pocket, this coach, to be able to, as you said, make sure that the kids had, you know, a hotel and food and all of that stuff. Well, they ended up getting back to uh, Seattle thanks to a very generous businessman in Seattle. Unnamed. Unnamed, who paid for a charter bus to bring the kids home from Las Vegas, which is totally awesome. Here is... Um, Play, uh, one of the players speaking to Cairo 7. If they didn't, we'd be stuck there until Saturday, from what from what I know, and I'm just, I'm just very thankful. The whole team is. Yeah, they said they were obviously very thrilled to see their uh, their chariot pull up. We were all cheering as soon as the bus pulled up in front of the hotel. But Yeah, that that's a really awesome story. And, you know, they I will say, Christmas, poor kids. Well, you know, I think that's a story. you got to spend Christmas in Vegas. There are worse places to spend Christmas. Well, that was probably part of the challenge for this coach, like making sure he keeps them all in the hotel. I mean, a bunch of boys loose in Vegas. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's also, that's a lot of pressure for a school employee to be like, oh my gosh, I was going to watch these kids for a couple days while they had basketball. And now I'm responsible for teenage kids in Las Vegas. Yeah. That's a heck of a lot of pressure. So one of the things I was going to mention, did you see this um, proposal from Katie Porter? Representative Katie Porter of she's California, right? Hmm. She's very controversial because uh, she's very far left, right? Uh-huh. But she actually had a um, proposal that she's putting forth in response to all this drama around the airlines that I tend to like very much. It might be the only piece of legislation that Katie Porter, Porter has ever put forward that I actually like. So what she says is by law, airlines are supposed to reimburse passengers within 20 days of a canceled flight. So they are required to. If they cancel your flight, you don't get a new one. They are required to reimburse you, and they've got 20 days to do it, which is a long time already. Uh, but what Rep. Katie Porter says is you routinely have airlines that fail to do so, and then nothing happens to them. So what do you think of this? She is proposing a bill that would make sure people get their money back sooner, but would also fine the airline 10 times the original price if they don't meet the deadline for issuing a refund to their customer. Nicole, what do you think? Oh, 10 times. I don't know where times. that number comes from, right? So uh, I guess maybe that would hurt enough that you get it done. I think that you could just have them sign something that says you get it done or you're penalized. So I, I don't know. 20 days 20. to me seems like a long time. Yeah, but if you have, I mean, thousands, thousands I mean, there's like hundreds of thousands of people that have been affected by these cancellations over the last week. But and to get that all of that done in 20 thing? days? I mean, it's 2022. I tend to like this because we're. this is about to be 2023. You have the technology to issue a quick refund. And it, it's probably an automated process. Why, why is it taking a major airline with millions and millions and millions of dollars more than 20 days? Oh, I don't think it... Well, is she specific about just the airline... The airline ticket refunds, because that yes. does happen quick. I know she's talking about they have to refund you the cost of the airline. She says they have to do it within 20 days, and it's her contention that many of them are not. 
I haven't seen that. I mean, it's pretty easy to get an airline ticket refund. So, I mean, you can click a button. Alaska makes it very easy. Um, well, Alaska makes everything easy. They do. Is this a free commercial for but Alaska I, I would think that she's talking more about the the getting reimbursed for, like, hotels and, and travel expenses that they are forced to pay for after they cancel the flight and it's not weather-related. Yeah, she didn't mention that specifically. But, that could be part of it. But that's a little more complicated because you yes. have to submit receipts to an airline. You have to let them know, mm-hmm. hey, here's, like, if you lost my luggage, Somebody here's what... Somebody has to input everyone. Right. I think that would be a much different scenario. But even within 20 days, that should be enough to right. be able to do that, you would think. I realize that there's, like, hundreds of thousands yeah, of people. Yeah, it's sad to me that you would need a law that or anything that says 10 days and you get, or 20 days and you get 10 times the refund. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm hopeful that this um, basketball coach at Rainier Beach High School gets his money back very quickly. You would think that, wouldn't they send, somebody tell me who works for a public school, do you not get a credit card? A school Uh, card when you're traveling with a team? No, I I mean, I'm not a school employee, but I know some, some have them, some, most do not. And I would guess that that kind of expense would not be covered if it was <laughs> if you well, didn't you would one. think in an emergency so what they said mm-hmm. on Cairo 7 is that a lot of the players and parents they didn't have the money for a hotel right um and you know that's understandable and so it's like well what do you do and the coach is like well i got to come out of pocket for this but you would think somebody tell us on the text line triple eight nine seven three cairo triple eight nine seven three cairo if you're a coach traveling with players for overnight trips you don't have a credit card from the school that seems odd I to me. Maybe no. this should, should change it. But uh, for the sake of Coach Bethia, is that how you say his name? I really hope that they can get his money back <laughs> less Pete than Buttigieg 20 days. Be on that. Pete Buttigieg, I hope that you're listening to the Dory Monson show today because we really need to make sure that Coach gets his money back. But yeah, definitely a story that these kids uh, will be talking about for a long time. Worse places to be stuck for Christmas than with all your friends in Las Vegas, but not an ideal situation. And bless that Seattle businessman. He really wants to be anonymous. That's so nice. Why are people so Very nice? Sweet. It's a good holiday spirit uh, story. Um, on kind of the flip side of that, as we talk about these airline cancellations and the real true impact of them, you know, I tend to think, and you were talking, Nicole, uh, I think it was last week, about how sad it is to see people stuck for the holidays at the airport, supposed to be with their loved ones, but also. You know, there are a lot of really serious reasons that people travel, too. You might be traveling. I had a friend who was traveling for the death of a loved one and had their flight canceled and postponed. There was this. It's such an awful story. So there was a man in Fairbanks, Alaska, who has been waiting to receive a heart transplant that he desperately needs. And the kind of trick is with really any sort of transplant is that there is a very small window for you to be able to, once you get the call that, hey, we've got a heart or whatever it is you need, there's a very, very small window that you have to get there or it's going to go to someone else. So um, he gets a call, um, this was earlier this month, that the University of Washington Medical Center had a perfect match for a heart transplant for him. And he's up in Fairbanks, Alaska. And he's got only a limited amount of time to get there. So he gets to the the airport in Fairbanks and he tells um, Como News that he got some unfortunate news. My heart sank and uh, it was devastating to hear that. He found out that his flight had been canceled. 
And so he's doing everything that he can. Um, he got on. So, uh, uh, again, it's Alaska Airlines, the, right? Well, this is because of the ice storm. So this was his flight had been diverted. His flight had been, you know, it was diverted after it was canceled. And I mean, it was the ice storm that Mother Nature got involved. Right. And so uh, to me, I'm I mean, I'm so sad for him, but it also was a miracle for somebody else. Right. So somebody did get that heart and their life has changed and hopefully he gets another one. And I don't know. I, I He's looking at it like that, too, I believe. And I, I think you just have to believe it was meant to be. But yeah, it is it, heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. He says that he, he's got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old, I think it was. A, three, a three-year-old and an 11-year-old. And he wants to be able to do what a dad does with their kids. You know, run around, play with their kids, be able to keep up with I'll them. I'll be able to uh, run around the park and chase the kids. Uh, my three-year-old, who my 11-year-old. I mean, I got kids here that just love to be chased. Uh, and he did mention that, yeah, now someone else, thankfully, I mean, the heart just doesn't, you know, go to way. Someone else got the heart that was intended for him. And they said someone else was going to get it. And I understood. <laughs> so he says that um, he is going to just be patient and hope that that call comes again someday. I'll get that heart and I'll get 30 years out of it. You know, I'll get 20 years out of it. I'll get to see my rest of my young children graduate. Yeah, he's only 56 years old and he's had congestive heart failure since he was 29. Um, so it, I just can't even imagine. One, that's tough as it is because the window is, I mean, it's just within like hours, right, where you have to get there. So he tries to take initially this like red eye flight that gets canceled. He gets put on another one. It gets diverted to to Anchorage. And so it gets diverted back into Alaska. And he's like, okay, now it's too late. And the clock has has ticked on that. So I hope that he gets... um, I hope he gets a perfect it's, match again. He is everywhere. Every every news site that I check for news every day across the country, I swear, is featuring this guy. So, well, yeah, it's a, but you're right. It is a sad story. I I guess I don't always feel like oh, it's for a reason. I know that you you're more inclined to think that way. I just I think am, it's just sad. It is <laughs> yes. really sad. I know, but I I think that's how I uh, yeah. That's yeah. just how I think. But that's a good positivity. I guess right. maybe my positivity has been slowly worn away over the years. <laughs> All right, up next on The Fastest 15, we have talked a lot about the military's recruitment problems. And the last time, I know Dory spoke about this as well, the last time we were chatting about it was because um, uh, Republicans in Congress, when they were passing the big defense bill, they're like, look, we aren't going to push this through unless you reverse the ban on um, members in the military who did not get the COVID-19 vaccine. They're like, that's just absurd. We're having issues with recruiting. You fired all these people. I mean, thousands of service members for not getting the COVID-19 vaccine at a time when our readiness is in question because we don't have enough people. I mean, we just played that cut with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken yesterday saying, well, it's a good thing we're out of Afghanistan because we wouldn't be able to handle uh, helping Ukraine and being in Afghanistan at the same time. It's like, okay. So now, and and by the way, the Pentagon, when the um, Republicans were coming out and saying it's just ridiculous that you'd fire unvaccinated people at a time like this when you're struggling with your recruitment, the Pentagon was pushing back against that narrative, making it sound like they really didn't have as big of a problem with recruitment as Republicans were leading them to believe. Well, now we find out um, that, and this is according to the Gateway Pundit, that the military is going to be loosening some of its recruitment standards and it's now going to accept recruits with behavioral health challenges like ADHD and on its face that doesn't really bother me and Nicole and I were talking about this in the break you know how many kids these days are diagnosed with ADHD and you know how many kids 
weren't diagnosed with ADHD and never knew they had it and went on and probably did just fine in the military. And it's also something, it's a, the drugs that they use for that are now just like, let's try this. So now they're diagnosed with it. Let's try this. Oh, it doesn't work. And now that's on there. I mean, I know, I know a kid that was prevented from becoming a pilot because he had been prescribed that drug in his, in his teens, early teens, and now can never become what he wanted to become. Right. So it's. I don't know. It's it's handed out a lot now. Yeah, and I think you can overcome these things. And so here's the de- the details of this is from the Wall Street Journal. So under the new rules, a potential recruit to the military who has completed high school or college successfully, been able to hold a job without any counseling or medication for three years for ADHD, would be able to enlist. So that says to me that they are no longer on medication or whatever it is for ADHD. And there's some other barometers that they've been able to have a successful life, you know, complete school, hold a job. So I, I think that's reasonable. Oh, I do. I th- I don't think it should prevent you from a lifetime of banned from anything. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that we're this dire. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And that they continue to sort of act like it's not a big deal that they fired all these people who were otherwise mm-hmm. healthy, who didn't get a COVID vaccine. And then also this has to do with depression as well. So if you're trying to join the military and you've been treated for depression or an other mental health issue in the past, as long, and if you've taken any medication, so if you've like taken medication for depression, you can join the military, but you have to get a waiver. Um, and I also wonder, like, how would you come about that waiver? Because I do understand if you're dealing with or have dealt with in the past severe depression, I understand absolutely that being a red flag to have you join the military. Mm-hmm. So, um, according to the Wall Street Journal, that you can, um, if you have, they're going to look at the potential job and the requirements of what you want to do in the military and factor that into whether you can still join if you've taken medication for depression in the past. And that makes sense. Like, if you're not going to be like special forces or whatever it is, like, I think that there are certain jobs in the military that you could do just fine if you had taken medication for depression in the past. But I do agree that there's clearly a problem with military recruitment. I mean, the military went ro- went woke, and now it's not broke necessarily, but it's... Well, also, kids are lazy. Have, kids are, kids, kids don't want to work little so lazy. hard. Kids don't want to work so hard. That's true. And also, I think a lot of people looked at the military as like a way to pay for college or sort of an alternative to college. And now these days, college isn't pushed on kids is like you must do this as much as it was i think when we were kids Mm -hmm. so i don't think you have this sort of decision making where it's like well either go to college or go to the military or go to the military to pay for college so i think it's just a different climate that we're in right now really quick before we end here i just gotta read you this text i got from from dory oh what and it's correcting me of course oh okay good high school can't play au during the season las vegas would have been an a high school invitational attorney Okay, thanks, Story. Sorry, I mentioned AAU. What is, I don't know what AAU is. Uh, it's a out of season league that kids join and play tournaments. Okay, we'll discuss more of that later because Andrew's given us the wrap up. Wrap I was just it, trying wrap, to clarify. Wrap. All right, that has and been Dory, the fastest fifteen minutes listening. in the news. Dory, go stop go listening. Ahead. The fastest fifteen minutes in the news. Fast, 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 fast. Dory's fastest fifteen. You give us 15 minutes, we'll give you the world. Coming up, uh, applications are now open in Washington State for the Cannabis Social Equity Initiative. We'll discuss and we'll get those uh, woke word dice back out. Brandy Cruz filling in for Dory Monson. 
to the Dory Monson show. Brandy Cruz filling in. We had a lot of texters on the text line pointing out that we could have asked Dory Monson whether coaches are provided with a credit card. I'm sure sure he would have known. But we got some mixed responses. Some people were saying that uh, I think there was a Bellevue coach who messaged us saying that they did get a credit card and others were saying that they didn't. So maybe it depends on the school district. Either way, I hope that Bellevue coach gets his $10,000 back. What a nice man. Uh Andrew, you have the woke word dice, right? I, I was told you ha- you have captured that sound. Can I hear it? Oh, that's much better than me using my container of blueberries to make that sound. We're going to need that here this segment, so you keep that handy, okay? <laughs> He's just sighing. Do you not like the woke word dice? No, I do. I just I have to get on a team's call. Oh, right. of, you're... Of, of all the times I, I need oh, to wait. be here. Hold I on a second. Wow, we're multitasking. I can you, I can make it available to you here. No, that's all right. Okay. I, I, I now I put my blueberries in the fridge, so I don't even have the, the backup. So um wash in Washington State, we obviously weed is legal here, as you guys know. Uh, but starting this year, there are is gonna be an opening of applications for the cannabis social equity initiative. So in twenty twelve, weed was legalized here, ballot initiative fifteen oh two. But according to the Cannabis Social Equity Initiative, that it did not include provisions or create programs to acknowledge the disproportionate harms the enforcement of cannabis laws had on certain populations and the community. So their argument is, look, you know, this these uh, laws against weed that we had for so long, they disproportionately impacted communities of color. And so the social equity program is now a program that is designed to try to make up for that. So there's an application process that's opening next week. And what it'll do is it will provide a limited number of cannabis retail licenses to individuals who are from communities that were disproportionately impacted by the enforcement of weed laws before it became legalized. And this is the kind of stuff where is there anything right now in law That's preventing someone who is black, Hispanic, Asian from getting a cannabis license. No, there is nothing inherently written in our laws around legal weed that would make it more difficult for someone who is a person of color to open up a pot shop if they wanted one. So I I, I guess I struggle to understand why we need to carve out a certain number of permits that will go specifically to people based on the color of their skin. It's very odd to me. And I've been hearing, you know, the city of Seattle um, politicians talk a lot about this, about equity in the cannabis industry. It's like you really cannot think of anything better that you need to be spending your time and attention on in the city of Seattle than making sure that we monitor the skin color of people who have pot shops. It's so odd to me. And this is the, (laughs) I'm sure I'll get a bunch of texts on the text line explaining why this makes sense. But, you know, you talk about having communities of color that were disproportionately impacted by weed being illegal. But here's the thing. Weed was against the law. Until that ballot measure in 2012. So if you had a disproportionate number of people from one particular race that were breaking that law, 
I mean, I get it that weed isn't a big deal now, but it was still against the law back then. So this just seems like a weird way and a weird um, thing to spend an ounce of energy on. So you can apparently, if you want to be part of this, if you want to, is it? And by the way, if there's anybody listening who has tried to or does operate a pot shop, can you send a text to the text line, 888-973-CAIRO, 888-973-CAIRO? Because I'm curious, as part of that process, one, how difficult was it to get a license to operate a pot shop? And two, did you have to answer any sort of questions about your race, et cetera? Or about whether you had any previous convictions for marijuana possession. Because, like, as part of this, wouldn't the only way for this to make sense would be if you had someone who was convicted of a pot-related crime pre-2012, that they get some sort of step up when it comes to opening a pot shop. But if you're just saying anyone who is a skin color besides white Come and apply for this because someone in your community might have been disproportionately impacted by the previous pot laws. That just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just government at its weirdest. Um, So we'll have to see. I'll have to follow up and see how many of these um, cannabis retail licenses they give out in the name of social equity. All right. uh, Oh, God. Time. So in a similar vein... Time magazine put out this. We're going to talk about, by the way, coming up. Are we going to talk about this next, Nicole? I think so. Yeah, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions next. And I asked you guys to send into the text line New Year's resolutions you actually were able to commit to and follow through on. But if it's exercise that you want to commit to, maybe losing weight, getting back to the gym. Well, I hate to tell you this, but uh, Andrew, can I get the woke word dice, please? I gave them to Nicole. Oh, Nicole. No, he can't. Well... There they are. Oh, wait, you gave them to me. Yes. Okay, hold but on. It's I'm, okay. I'm on it. No, I'm on it. There we go. Yeah, if you want to exercise in the news, New Year, you're racist, according to Time Magazine. Uh, and it was so funny because they got, I am, things are looking up because I really feel like um, people are losing patience with the ultra woke doesn't make sense narrative because Time put out this article. Um, and the headline was, the white supremacist origins of exercise and six other surprising facts about the history of U.S. physical fitness. It goes on to say, how did U.S. exercise trends go from reinforcing white supremacy to celebrating Richard Simmons? So this gets put out by time on Twitter and it is just mocked it, like no other. It seems like somebody just draws a topic out of the hat and says... Figure out how this is racist. Yeah, they just... And whatever rolls out, they're like, okay, that's racist today. Mm-hmm. And that's... It also is... This is the guy from Time Magazine. Uh, f- oh, this is actually a man of color pointing out and responding to this Twitter... Um, uh, or this uh, Time Magazine article. First, math was a tool of white supremacy. Now it's exercise. Pretty soon, food is going to be a tool to continue systemic racism oppression. And you're totally right. It is whatever is in the news that day or whatever is going on. And I guarantee that time put this article out because people are going to make New Year's resolutions to exercise more. And time is like, oh, we can't have that. Now that people are talking about exercise, that's fat shaming. That's fat shaming. That's uh, that's racist. 
And I I do have a little bit of hope, though, given how absolutely eviscerated Time Magazine was for this. I have hope that we are getting past the point where we take articles like this seriously. But the the people to me, and I'm not ever going to tell someone who's black, for instance, what should offend them or what they should consider to be racist. But when you have so many things going on in the world that truly are racist, like true, no question racism, but then you go around and you call every exercise, math, you know, uh, uh, skinny people, whatever it is, racist. Does it not just dilute and distract from actual legitimate arguments of hate and racism that we need to be taking seriously in this country? You're just making a joke out of it. It's absolutely absurd. All right. Coming up next on the Dory Monson Show, we want to hear your resolutions that were actually your New Year's resolutions that were actually successful and how you were able to stick to them. Brandy Cruz filling in for Dory Monson. Welcome back to the big show. Brandy Cruz filling in. We're going to read some of the resolutions you've been able to stick to in a moment, but we just saw this story come down from the post millennial. I was just earlier in the show complimenting a bill introduced by Representative Katie Porter. She's a Democrat from California. Or Katie, yeah, Katie Porter. Well, the story comes out that she fired a staffer in her office after her staffer gave her COVID-19. This happened over the summer, but this is absolutely wild. So Katie Porter is like very, very progressive, far-left member of Congress. So the staffer who got fired ends up sharing the text messages between her and Congresswoman Porter. Because she's upset about how everything went down. So this is the text she gets from Katie Porter. Why did you not follow office protocol on testing? It's really disappointing. The staffer responds, I'm terribly sorry. You're right. I should have done better. Just because I felt okay in the moment doesn't mean that I was. Katie Porter gets nasty and with this young clear, woman. And to be clear, this is just in July. This is Nobody's in July. Nobody's getting tested to go anywhere no. or do anything anymore. No. July was not that long ago, and we were kind of, I, I would say the country by and large was kind of over it by right. then. So the staffer apologizes, and then uh, Congresswoman Porter says, Sasha, I cannot allow you back in the office given your failure to follow office policies. Cody will be in touch about having your personal effects shipped or delivered to your home and will lay out your remote work schedule and responsibilities for your last few weeks. And then the the girl responds again, very like, you know, apologetic. I understand. Thank you for the last two years and all that I have learned. I hate to have disappointed you in this manner, as I know it isn't an excuse. I had found out my friend from the Navy had been murdered and my head was not in the best place. Not an excuse, but the reasoning for the lack of forethought. I appreciate everything this office has done for me. And then Congresswoman Porter ends the text exchange with this. Well, you gave me COVID. In 25 months, it took you not following the rules to get me sick. My children have no one to care for them. In July, when that's not a thing anymore. How childish childish and angry and awful is that? And then, just to make the story worse, it turns out, so after this had all gone down, the employee was no longer allowed to come into the office, did the last few uh, weeks remote. Uh, It turns out, that Katie Porter actually got other people sick by not following her own protocols. She just fired the staffer over. So there had been a caucus meeting, 
And the chair of their caucus, Amar Shergill, puts out this little notice to everyone who had been at the meeting saying, and this is after this chick got fired, after Congressman Porter knew she already had COVID. Great to see uh, folks in person and in Zoom for our caucus meeting this past weekend. We had great speakers and great troublemakers, as usual. Truly appreciate that all of our in-person attendees wore a mask to stay COVID safe. Unfortunately, one portion of the executive board meeting had lax mask standards, and Representative Porter has now reported positive for COVID. I encourage the in-person attendees of our caucus meeting with Rep. Porter to take appropriate precautions, including testing. And that came out and the employee had seen that before she was officially fired. And she's like, she went to this meeting. She knew that she had been exposed to COVID. This is insane. So Congresswoman Porter fires this woman for not following protocol and then doesn't fire it herself. And just really quickly to make matters worse, uh, Congresswoman Porter's office is firing back saying, actually, the employee wasn't fired. The employee was a fellow, and we already knew that uh, we had a mutually agreed upon end date of August 2022. So she wasn't technically fired. But it's like we read the text exchange. We were like, you're not allowed back in the office. And this poor young staffer pours her hat out. I'm so sorry. And she's like, you got me sick and my kids have no one to care for care for them. Just absolutely wild. Anyway, so I take back everything nice I said about Katie Porter <laughs> early on in the show. No. Uh, I wanted to get into really quickly New Year's resolutions that you guys actually stuck to. And we got some good ones because New Year's resolutions are so hard. I mean, I always make them and I just forget about them after two weeks in January. Uh, let's see. One text. Uh, Brandy, in 2019, I committed to having coffee or a meal with 12 women in 12 months. I ended the year having done so with 20 women. Uh, and I love that. Yeah, I That's need a to. Great one. It's a good one because I think I'm really bad at like actually getting out and making plans and schedules to see someone to see my friends but that's a really obtainable goal it is to do something like that i mean if you say you know i want to lose 50 pounds or something well okay maybe maybe give yourself some Leeway. some slack there yeah but uh but that's a really obtainable goal set it reasonable and met it uh, tim and tacoma i read the entire bible cover to cover in 2022 i did it from 4 to 6 a.m every day before work the best thing i've ever done oh i like gosh. that that's a lot of six four six you get up early four to five in 1992 i quit smoking on New Year's Eve. Never, ever went back. I had smoked a pack a day for 17 years. So glad I quit. Oh, I love that. 206, I wanted to be less reserved this year. Uh, and I think I did a good job with that. All great stuff. Maybe we'll fit in a couple more of them later in the show. Brandy Cruz filling in for Dory Monson. The big lead at two is next.